Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Well, I'm excited to be able to introduce our speaker this morning. He's my friend, my friend that's going to be speaking this morning. And um, he has served here at Harvest Church so well ever since he started attending Harvest Church. He's been a leader here at the church. And our our guest speaker this morning serves on the Harvest Church Board of Deacons and has done so for over 10 years. He has been the missions director for over five years, has been a life group leader and coach for over 13 years, and he has led the men's honor bound for over 13 years. And I say all of that because he doesn't lead those different ministries with the title of pastor. He doesn't get paid to do any of those different things that he leads here at the church, but he does it from a volunteer standpoint as a volunteer. He is the CEO of Turning Point Community Programs and is able to make such a huge Huge difference in people's lives in the area of mental health in Northern California. He has over 700 employees that he oversees and also is responsible for the mental health care that takes place to the more than 17,000 uh, patients that they see on a yearly basis. I have seen this individual in many different uh, settings, and one of the things I really, really appreciate about this person is that even though we get around settings where there's really uh, important people, around the table, I want you to know that when this person speaks, everyone listens because you know you're going to hear the heartbeat of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every time that I want someone to speak uh, wisdom into my life, if I need some advice, I go to this person because this person is one of the most wisest, godliest people I have ever had the privilege of meeting. And knows the heartbeat of the Lord. And so Harvest Church, would you do me a favor and help to give the warmest welcome to my friend, Mr. Al Roulette. Stay up here with me, Pastor Gary. Stay up here. Stay up here. (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much. So we know the truth that uh, Pastor Gary and his wife, Christina, Christina, stand up. Let's give him a big round of applause. Amen. Amen. Pastor Gary, I want you to tell me how I do. Okay, you ready? Buenos dias. Buenos dias, Conseca, Conseca, Iglesia. Mi hermano, excuse me, mi nombre es hermano Al. Gloria a Dios. Yeah. Hey, that was good. That was good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning, Harvest Church. My name is Brother Al. Now, you don't tell my parents that because they don't know that. They don't know me as Brother Al. They, they say his name is Alfred Ray. But to you, I am Brother Al. I am your brother. And I am honored and privileged to be here to share what the Lord has done in my life. But before I do that, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you in Christ Jesus' name. I love you, God, I do. I will always, always love you. I lift you up and I thank you for what you have done and what you continue to do in your undeserving servant's life. Let my life, Lord, be an example of who you are and what you will do If a man says, I love you, if a man commits his life to you, if a man 
commits to learning obedience from you. Father God, you are great. You are worthy to be praised. Lord Jesus, you are the Christ, the strength of our lives. You are the rock of our salvation. In the month of December, we commemorate you. Your birth is what we celebrate. We share the love that you have given to us with others. Holy Spirit, now invest in your servant words that come from you, that me not speak, but you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The perspective of wisdom in the life of the believer starts with me differently. I'm going to start with the epilogue. I'm going to start with the end of the book. Everybody say the end. Yeah. Now turn to your neighbor and say, that's my brother. He can start with the end. <laughs> I'm going to start with the end of the book because the Lord has invested things in my life over the course of some years that have changed my life forever. I understand the importance and the value of being prayerful and praising God before I talk to God. So you enter the courts with praise, and you give thanksgiving unto God, and then you expect God to provide you with the wisdom that you need to speak. Wisdom comes in many forms in my life, and some of those forms include family. I have family members here. Hey, I have family over here. You all stand up over here. It's my daughter and my son, Stephen, and my son, Tyler. Stephen has other parents, too, but he's my son, too. My, my daughter, Kimberly, and my son, Tyler. And then over here, I have another daughter. Stand up. That's Hannah, the 21-year-old. You all know Hannah. Hannah's always with me, my sidekick forever. She says all the time, Daddy, I don't get to go on vacation. I get to go on missions trips and clean latrines and build uh, houses and do that. Everybody else, they go on vacation. But me, when you want to go on vacation, you want to go on a missions trip. You want to go help people and do stuff. That is who I am. And that is who God has made me. And that's who you have blessed me to be. But it is at the at the end that I'm speaking to you. So I had to start with the beginning. I'm going to show you a couple of pictures. I don't know if you have those ready. Show the couple of pictures. That's a Harvest Church missions trip. You see, that lady is my late wife. 13 years ago tomorrow, she went to heaven to be with the Lord. She was on a missions trip to Zambia. In front of her, the back of the head, you see Barbara Calaveg. And she's there on a missions trip. And little did I know that when she came back, see, she's wearing a mask 13 years ago. It was in vogue 13 years ago for her because she had just fought the most valiant fight against cancer that anybody had ever seen. And that fight against cancer continued when she came back, unbeknownst to us. And 13 years ago tomorrow, she went to heaven to be with our Lord. And my life was changed forever. And it is how the Lord works with us. He changes the trajectory of our lives. Sometimes 
As Hebrews said, Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Do you want to be like Jesus? If you do, you will go through some suffering. But in the obedience associated with suffering, you will acquire wisdom that will transform your life forever. And that's how it began for me 13 years ago. Right here, right over there. We used to sit over there together. And we used to talk about going on missions trips together. And here I am today sharing with you the perspective that I have as a result of that beginning. I'm going to read from the NIV uh, verses, chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. The perspective of wisdom. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in the store in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just, and he protects the way of his faithful servants. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair every good path. It is also important that I acknowledge our new senior pastor. That's wisdom. I thank you all and I thank our Lord for bringing Pastor John and Elizabeth Smith to Harvest Church. Let's say amen. Let's give them a round of applause. They're in New Orleans right now and they're watching online and I appreciate them. I love them because they too are committed to obedience that results in wisdom. You will see him invest in you and advance the kingdom of our Lord in a way that is transformative for Harvest Church in our community. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for him and I'm thankful for you. I also want to tell you that in the month of December, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas and do all the things that we Americans love to do, there's a notion about something that that, that lady up there used to tell me this month all the time. She would say, it's better to be kind than to be right. Remember this month to really be kind because it is better than being right. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. It's important again to understand that the wisdom comes from the Lord. Where does wisdom come from? The Lord. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you. It comes from God. I uh, will give you a great illustration. I had a unique privilege of going to, I have lots of grandchildren now. I, had a, I have a six-year-old grandson named Caleb. And Caleb's six-year-old birthday party 
he was playing and there were some older children at the party. And he noticed that they were playing. He has older siblings. They were there. They were watching. He was watching them. He wasn't paying attention to the other six-year-old games. He was paying attention to the 12-year-old games. And he sat down next to the 12-year-old friend of his, one of his siblings, and he said, I want to play that game. And the young man turned to him and said, well, I'm 12. You're six. And Caleb said, 12 minus 6 is 6. <laughs> In six years, I may not want to play with you. So play with me now. That is wisdom. That is wisdom. God wants to use you now. He doesn't want to wait till you say you're ready. God wants you now. I had to understand that because when that lady went to heaven, I wasn't ready to be used. See, I understand. I, you, you, you all aren't like me. I, I, I sometimes pout and have pity parties. I know you guys don't do that. But it was an extraordinary moment for me that I didn't understand that God wanted to use me now. That's wisdom. When God said he wanted to use me now, let's, let's go to the next slide, the first slide. I'm going to send you to your notes now. True infallible wisdom comes from the Lord in the form of knowledge and understanding. So true infallible wisdom comes from the Lord. Caleb made that remarkably clear and true when he said what he said. He holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those who walks, whose walk is blameless. He guards the course and protects the path. Are you telling me that God's going to cause me to be success, have success? He's going to be a shield for me? He's going to guard me? He's going to protect me? I, I, didn't, I didn't unbelieve that completely. See, I, I had decided after that uh, event where she went to heaven that I was going to forge my own identity. I don't know if you know what that sounds like or looks like. But in 2012, I, I, I said, ah, okay, Lord, I know the path, the plan that you have for my life. I'm going to execute it. Success. This is what the Lord said to me. I don't need your help executing the plan that I have for your life. And in fact, it's a privilege for you to even know that I'm sharing that I have a plan for you. Oh, that's success, Lord. See, I had, I had decided that I was going to continue in the roles that I had identified. I was an elected official. I was, I was 
working and doing things and being successful. But in 2012, I met a cantankerous person who just happened to be my opponent. I had won re-election. I was confident. I had friends and brothers who were going to help me get re-elected a second time. And then the election happened, and I lost. Lord, that wasn't part of the plan. You said success. What would have happened here? I, I lost. I remember being in Costco and I encountered one of uh, my Harvest Church family members. And he person walked up to me and said in Costco, what happened? I voted for you. I wasn't in the mood for it. I said, I needed 8,000 more of your friends and family to vote for me and I would have won. <laughs> I lost to a very cantankerous person, but I lost. I stunned. Lord, this isn't, wasn't the plan. I remember but for the following years, things began to unravel. Do you know that the Lord will change the trajectory of your life for the good, but at the time, you don't even know it? I began to understand what Joseph felt like. I had in-laws who decided that there was a good time to file a lawsuit against me. I had individuals who decided that, hey, we got a CEO, let's get rid of him. But I remember after all of that, standing... Uh, outside uh, in Yolo County and getting that phone call. You, you all, you all, you know the call. You know the call. You know how it works. Hello, Mr. Rollette. Hello. This is your health care provider at Kaiser, Dr. So-and-so. If ever Dr. So-and-so calls you, you know you what, call me. I'll tell you what to say. <laughs> this is Dr. So-and-so. Hi. He said, hey, I have your test results. Well, I have been going through a series of tests. All the results have been negative. All the time it was negative, and I knew it was going to be negative. He said, yeah, I have your test results. Uh, this is Dr. So-and-so. I said, yeah, you said that already, and I got a little concerned. He said, Mr. Ouellette, unfortunately, we found cancer. You have cancer. And immediately I thought, I said, Lord, no, no, that's not right. That's wrong. I said, say that again, Dr. So-and-so. He said, you have cancer. I thought, mm, one cancer per family. I already paid the price for cancer. He said, excuse me? I said, uh, one cancer per family. He said, Mr. Roulette, you have cancer, and this will kill you. And you know what I said, Harvest Church? I said, I don't care. See, I'm speaking to those people here today who have been so low, you just feel like, ah, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I don't know what to do anymore, Lord. See, I know because I've been you. 
And in that moment, I found something I didn't think I would ever have. I remember shutting the door of my car, sitting down in my car seat. I remember having the biggest pity party I could ever have. I said, God, don't you love me? I already did this. I had to do this again? Nothing. I didn't hear anything. No angels from heaven, no light from above, nothing. I heard nothing. Success? Where's my shield? Where's my guard? I thought you were going to protect me. I remember the subsequent days calling my family and telling them I had cancer. And I had decided I wasn't going to do anything. I was going to ride it out. Whatever happens, happens. Lord, being with you is better than being here. I've had enough. I wasn't afraid. I was just tired and mad. You ever felt like that? You ever felt tired and frustrated? You ever felt like, hmm? I was reading a, a survey recently where it said one of the newest words in the last three years is the word unfollow. Unfollow. I thought, unfollow? And that people were deciding to take their life if somebody unfollowed them or blocked them. I understand that. I understood what it felt like to be that low. It was something that God did. He had somebody call me, the only human being that could call me to get me to reconsider my decision to do nothing. It was a person who had called me so infrequently in my life, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to him on the phone because I can only think of one, and it was this time. I knew this person very well, intimately in fact, but to call on the phone and have a conversation with this person would never do that. It was my father. My father didn't talk on the phone. He's one of those men. Phone conversation, that's for your mother. How you doing, son? See you later. That's him. But when he heard that his son had cancer, he called me. And this is what he said. Son, I know God can heal you. But please, listen to your doctors. Excuse me? Son, I know God can heal you, but please listen to your doctors. My father did that for 28 minutes. After the 28th minute, I said, okay, dad, I will listen to my doctor. And he said, thank you, and hung up the phone. I looked up to heaven and I said, you do provide me with a shield. You sent the one person to me who I couldn't say no to. And then I heard the Lord say, yes, servant, I am protecting you. 
that moment changed my relationship with the Lord. It caused me to think differently about him. The intimate relationship that I had with our Lord was changed. He began to give me insights about human beings, about men and women that I would encounter at work. I love it when the scripture says, Jesus knew every person. I'm not Jesus. He's in me. I need him to awaken in me the knowledge of every person. And he did as long as I was using it to serve him. As long as I was using it to advance him. As long as I was doing it because I loved him. And that began to be awakened in me. Now I want to show you another picture. Put that other picture back up of those two people, please. That's a picture that I want to leave up for a moment. In 2019, I, I had my 60th birthday, and my daughter and a few of my friends got together, and they celebrated. Pastor Perry was there. It was glorious. But in 2020, we all experienced this thing called COVID. I think you all have heard of it. It's called COVID. And I remember waking up on March 18th, my 61st birthday, early that morning, and getting on my knees and doing what I do, praising God and beginning to pray. And on my 61st birthday... I got up and I went into work and I knew it was going to be a different kind of day. It was the, the time when the state was closing and things were turning completely upside down. The world was uh, not knowing what to do. And I walked into work and as I'm standing there, people were coming in into the office and bringing me my favorite cookies, by the, by the way. If you bring me a cookie, I'll give you anything, okay? And if you put nuts in it, I'll, buy, I'll pay tuition for your children, okay? <laughs> my friends, uh, one of my best cookie makers is right over there. <laughs> my friends were bringing in cakes and cookies, and they were doing all kinds of things for me. And I thought, okay, okay, here we go. This is going to be good. And I got a phone call. I got a phone call. Mr. Ouellette, this is Dignity Hospital, local hospital, right here in good old Sacramento. We are from the tissue donation department, and we'd like to ask you some questions. I said, okay. Now, Pastor Gary said, I work with 17,000 people. A lot of times people that I work with, unfortunately, they die. So I immediately assumed it was one of them. And then the person said, oh, and by the way, we're sorry for your loss. I said, oh. She began to share and talk and talk to me. And I said, excuse me, who died? And the person at Dignity, it's a true story, true story. The person at Dignity said, excuse me? I said, no, no, who died? And she said, did the hospital call you? I said, no, you're the first person I've talked to. I said, hey, and by the way, it's my birthday today. <laughs> she said, oh, our protocol's been violated. 
uh, I need to have somebody call you back. I said, oh, hold on. Hold on. I said, now I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Today is really my birthday. Who died? And you know what she did? She put me on hold for five minutes. And I remember waiting and thinking, okay, this is interesting. And people were bringing in the cookies because I want to eat a cookie and cake. And she came back on the phone and she said, Mr. Olat, I've been given permission to tell you that at 6.30 this morning, your son died. I said, oh, what? He said, at 6.30 this morning, your son died. I remember thinking, at 6.30 this morning, I was praying. I was telling the Lord to make it a different kind of a day. I remember thinking, okay, thank you very much. I, I got to go. She said, Mr. Willard, I'm so sorry. I, I, I said, I got to go. And I remember asking the Holy Spirit, okay, what do I do? People were coming in my office, and they looked at me, and, and I looked at them, I said, my son died. Lord, what do I do? And the Holy Spirit said something to me, words I'll never forget. He said, I want you to do the same thing Jesus did when John the Baptist died. Do you remember that story? When John the Baptist died? His disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, John the Baptist has been executed. And what did Jesus do? He went out and ministered. See, what I haven't told you is, remember that was COVID. That was March 18th. That was COVID. In a large conference room right around the corner were 40 of the scaredest people I had ever seen. They all worked with me. And they were waiting for me to come out and lead. They were waiting for me to come out and tell them what to do. To give them hope. To show them that God loves me and loves them too. And some of them don't even know God. They don't even know who God is. But they were waiting for me to come out and lead. If you want to lead in adversity, you better know who the Holy Spirit is. If you want to lead in a trial, you better lean on him. Because he's going to ask you to do things that in the natural you cannot do. He's going to ask you to ignore it when people unfollow you. He's going to ask you to ignore it when people try to block you. He's going to ask you to stand up and speak out when somebody is being bullied. He's going to ask you to do things that naturally you, in the natural, you cannot do. But the Holy Spirit told me to go and do what Jesus did when John the Baptist died. And you know what I said? I said, nope, I ain't doing that. It's true. I said, I can't do that. That's my son. I'm supposed to go out and cry and whine and wail and weep. I'm supposed to go do that. And he stopped talking. He didn't say anything. Obedience is a doorway to wisdom. When the Lord 
told me to do that. I walked into the other room. I looked at them and I had compassion. I saw what Jesus saw. I learned understanding how to be like our God. And I ministered to them at work. I told them I was a person of faith, that I have come from a peculiar community that knows how to pray, and that the circumstance that we are experiencing today would not be our end, and that we will persevere, and we will get through this together. And if they were afraid, they could lean on me because I was leaning on somebody greater than me. I was leaning on him. It was uh, a moment for me, but uh, that uh, always uh, isn't the end. You see, uh, put that picture back up there for a moment. The lady up there, we used to sit right over there. We sit right there. Where's my friend? There's my friend. Wave at me. There she is. We used to sit right there. She and I and my sister, we would sit right over there together. Well, COVID was uh, uh, putting a strain on my family, and we uh, needed to go see my parents, my dad. So we got on an airplane, my daughter Hannah and I, and we flew back to Colorado to see my father and mother. And we were coming back. The Holy Spirit told me we were in the airport. We had our mask on, and everybody was all masked up. Everybody was nervous. And the Holy Spirit said, turn around and look at your sister. I turned around and I looked at her. And he said, I want you to see her. I knew what that meant. I said, oh, no, no. So I started to really engage my sister. It's about October. October of 2020. Then, again, in my family, Thanksgiving is a wonderful time. We begin to celebrate and, and, and engage, and my sister was a big part of that celebration. One November, we were, Hannah and I, we were talking about Thanksgiving and preparing, and there was a knock at the door. He had a gentle knock at the door. I looked out. I didn't recognize the person. I opened the door, and the person said, Hi, Mr. Rolanda. I'm from uh, Sacramento County. Hello. I'm from the coroner's office. Whoa. I shut the door. I said, I got to put a mask on. I got I to shut the door. I remember going to my daughter and saying, Hey, God's going to take care of us. Didn't know what the person was going to say. I, I opened the door and she said, Mr. Roulette, can I please come in? I said, uh uh, you can't come in my house. She said, no, Mr. Roulette, please, can, can I come in? I said, no, no, you can't come in. I said, what can I do for you? She said, Mr. Roulette, today your sister died. That was it. I sank down outside on my knees and I said, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? What are you trying to help me to understand here? 
And he said, I want you to know what trust really is. The wisdom that comes from trust. The pain that you experience through loss. See, I'm not signing up for that. I outsuffered everybody else. I don't, didn't want that. But I knew right then that God was helping me to get through something and preparing me for today so I could encourage you and tell you whatever you're going through, obedience leads to wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Lord. He'll help you get through it. I don't care what you're going through. Because on that day, I sunk down to my knees. My daughter came outside and she put her hand on me and I just prayed, Lord, help me. It was a time for me between then and now when I took my sister and I buried her. It's still COVID. And I remember thinking, I'm burying my sister all alone. I went out to the cemetery. I was all by myself. COVID. And Jesus said to me, he said this to me, you're not burying her. It's you and me. We're doing this together because I need you to understand what I'm preparing for you. I need you to understand the wisdom associated with trusting me. So that's, that's, that's difficult sometimes to trust the Lord through difficulty. But I'm encouraging you. Trust God. He'll take you through. Number two on your list, it says, God's wisdom is ineluctable, unable to be resisted or avoided. It is inescapable. You cannot avoid God's wisdom. You cannot. It is tangible. It will come after you if you love him. It will seek you and to help you, even through the difficulties. Then you will begin to understand the wisdom that comes from the Lord, what is right, just, and fair. I started to understand that. And it's been manifested in a unique kind of way. Put the next picture up, please. That's my last birthday. You see that guy over there with those ugly 49er pajamas sitting in the front? <laughs> That's uh, our Autobound group. Now, I'm going to invite you all, every man who is here, you're invited to come out and be with us on the third Saturday. Young, it doesn't matter. There's young guys there wearing ugly 49er pajamas. And, and then there's people like me. But there they are on my 63rd birthday. They're, they're all there with me. They're all there helping me. They're all there encouraging me. I didn't tell you the truth. Except for the young man who was in the front bent down at Stephen, I didn't know any of them 13 years ago. 
tomorrow. I didn't have a relationship with any of them. But today, they are my brothers in the faith. They're the men that I love. They're the people who pray with me. They call me up when things are difficult. Shortly after that, that birthday, remember I told you that I lost the election to a cantankerous person. I was going to Safeway. Anybody ever shop at Safeway? I was going to Safeway, but not to go in Safeway. I was going to the cleaners next door to Safeway because I go to dry cleaners. And I was going into the dry cleaners, and as I was driving into the parking lot, I couldn't find a spot to park. It was a Saturday after Honorbound, and it was very busy. And the Holy Spirit said, now understand, if you love God, and God takes you through something, you start to hear him in everything. He said, go back around and circle the parking lot. I said, circle the parking lot? Lord, why do I need to do that? Just go back around. So I went back around the parking lot, and I saw a spot right in front of the dry cleaners. I pulled in, and then spot next to the handicap, pulled in next to the handicap spot, and I saw the silhouette of a person get out of the, a car in the handicap spot. It was the person that I lost to in the election. Oh. I remember seeing him and him seeing me. You know how that thing is with men. Who's going to speak first? <laughs> I'm the Christian. I said, okay, hello. How are you? And he said, hello, Al. I'm doing okay. I've been in uh, recovery. Ooh, I knew what that meant. I said, uh, how's your wife? He said, she didn't make it through her recovery. I knew what that meant. I said, Catholic, right? He said, yes. I reached over and touched his arm, and I, I said, I'm going to pray with you right now, right outside Safeway. And I prayed. And I'm, as I'm praying for him, I said, Lord, I'm doing this because I love you. When I said amen, he looked at me, eyes really big and wide, and said, thank you. He turned and walked away. I went in Safeway. I started skipping down the aisle. I said, whoa, that was good. <laughs> Lord, that was good. I've changed. I'm a different person now. I got to the meat counter, and I said, what am I doing in Safeway? I'm supposed to be in the dry cleaners. I left Safeway with the dry cleaners. People in Safeway are going, what is wrong with him? I said, I know the Lord. I called up Javier Lamar and said, hey, guess what I just did today? I called Brian Simply and said, hey, guess what I just did? I was so excited because then I knew God had changed me from the inside out. That's what you need to know. See, some of us are pilots. We need to fly the plane, but you can't fly until God changes you from the inside out. That's what I knew. God had changed me. That's when I knew God had remade me. That's what I understood. The journey towards wisdom was for me. That's what it meant to be who God wanted me to be. 
Number three in your notes says that the three things you can do to maintain God's wisdom throughout the entirety of your life. Choose the truth. Always choose the truth. Truth is transparent. Be transparent with other people. Value integrity. Examine your heart and your intentions. Begin every day with prayer and praise. The Holy Spirit will be with you. It's true. It's absolutely true. And I'll give you evidence of that. Show the, put the last picture up there. I was in Ghana. And that man, that young man was, that child was just staring at me. You see, we had just put water in his village. And he wanted me to know what that meant. He wanted me to see what love really meant. He was staring at me. I knew that the Lord's wisdom had taken a preeminent place in my heart. I knew that the knowledge of God was sealed in my soul. He looked at me and I looked at him. Thank you for using what God has given you to help me. Thank you. That's how you know that's how you know wisdom is with you. When others see wisdom, God's wisdom, in you, when they come up to you and they say, without prompting or without expecting something in return, thank you for God's wisdom being present in you. As the musicians prepare to come, I would uh, ask you if something I said uh, resonates with you, if something I've gone through is similar to what you've gone through, I want you to know that I am nothing and that God alone is great. He alone is worthy of all our praise. That Jesus is the Christ. That he is the strength of our lives. That he is the rock of our salvation. That he makes us whole. That he alone has saved our souls that he is our shepherd and we are his sheep and he will always, always see about your every need. If you don't know who Jesus is, I pray that you will consider this short prayer and decide on this very day to choose the wisdom of God's grace to make Jesus the centerpiece of your life. To accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. 
because even in your most challenging moments he will make your path right if you don't know who Jesus is uh, pray this prayer with me and uh, we'll celebrate with you if you know who Jesus is pray this prayer with me and we'll celebrate again and you use your own words. I'm going to use words that the Lord has given me. But let's bow our heads together, Harvest Church, as we thank our Lord for all he has done. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask, your servant ask for your forgiveness. I believe, Lord Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for me and you have set me free. That you raised, you were raised to life, Lord, so that I might one day have eternal life with you. And I trust you as my Savior. And I will follow you as my Lord from this day forward. Guide my life, Lord Jesus, and help me to do your will. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody here prayed a prayer like that just now, we would be honored if you'd raise your hand and say, I am a part of the family of God. If, you don't, if nobody raise your hand, raises their hand, that means that everybody is a part of the family of God, and we'll celebrate with you. All right. Harvest Church, I want you to know that uh, I love you very much. And the wisdom that God has given unto me, I share openly with you. I am nothing. God is great. He is worthy of all our praise. Pastor Gary, please come up. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.